Hi, what is up, y'all? I'm so stoked to be here. I feel like I've literally... I don't know where I've been. <laughs> I've been on another planet. If you are just now tuning in for the first time, my name is Madeline. I'm the host of this podcast, Embrace the Madness. And I started it really to be the source of kind of comfort and guidance for myself, but also others um, in terms of like a way to process life and process the things that are happening to us. Because I really do believe that our human experience is universal. And so there are these universal themes. We all have the same spectrum of human emotion. And so there are going to be similarities in our journeys. And that's not to say that, you know, everyone's journey is the same or what worked for me is exactly going to work for you because I know that we're all different people and we have different personalities and life experiences. But all I'm trying to say is like, if I went through a time in which I suffered immensely and I learned something, then I feel like I would want to share that piece of information and that wisdom with you and anyone else who is listening so that you know, it doesn't have to be as hard for them or it doesn't have to be shitty. So that's kind of what this whole podcast was created to do. And and I really started it like it really was going during the pandemic. I started it in November of 2019. So a few months before the pandemic. But it was really this this thing that provided me with life and sustenance and was kind of like a therapeutic outlet to process my emotions and process all of these feelings. I know nobody knew what the fuck was going on when the pandemic started. And so I was like, okay, well, I feel like I have a way of processing things and clarifying things. So maybe I can share what's going through my head to help others. And I really do think that, you know, it worked. And I, I got so much feedback from from my friends, from my family, from strangers on the internet saying like, thank you so much. Like you really helped me. Like one of my episodes called Being Okay With Being Alone has like 600 listens. And I'm like, what? But I mean, I think that it's a real life problem that people are trying to figure out, you know? So I just want to be of service where I can be. And that's something that I'm learning too is your the correlation between the amount of value you provide is related to, you know, the abundance that you receive and the gifts you receive. And and I've just been trying to figure out how can I better be of service to the universe and how can I share my gifts and how can I share my wisdom with others? Now, I'm sure you're wondering, well, yes, you, you, you're sharing your wisdom with others. Well, where have you been the last <laughs> two years? And, you know, that's, I'm not really sure. I know, I know, let's see. So when I started, 
I started in November of 2019. I said that. Um, and then 2020 happened. And really when I moved, we, Davis and I moved, he's my partner. When we moved to our new house together, I had never really created a routine. And I think we were both going through such a transformative part of our lives in that moment. And I think I was kind of just hanging on by a thread. Like I was trying to make it myself and I didn't really feel either my cup wasn't full or I just wasn't in a place to integrate and share or maybe I was integrating but not creating. It's like this weird this weird thing and I I haven't really, you know, nailed it down. And I don't know that I have to. I don't think I don't think it's like completely necessary that I just like I don't know. I just have been learning to give myself grace and patience because I really did go through a ton of shit this past year. And I've been thinking about probably like going more in depth in another episode, but a lot a lot happened. I had a lot of fear and shame come to the surface. And I don't know if you've ever looked at one of those. Um, it's like a spiral kind of energy spectrum um, from zero to infinity, I guess. But, you know, like fear and shame and guilt are at the bottom. They're like one of the lower, lowest vibrating energies. And so I was just in a deep and dark place and I think it's hard to get to a place where you can create and be vulnerable because you're already vulnerable and you're like, I literally can't peel off any more layers. I'm down to my skin and and I'm still healing. Like that's the thing too. I'm still working through this. But I'm finally getting to a place where I'm like, dude, <laughs> this is how I give back. This is how this is how I I make sense of my life. You know, the podcast is for other people, but it's also for me and and during the pandemic it was like this really safe place that I created that I could go to that I could you know, just like let it all out. The more that I think about it, the more I realize I was recording my podcast at home alone. And so when I moved in with Davis, even though we love each other unconditionally and, you know, even he's listened to my podcast and, and, and he, like, we talk about this stuff all the time, but there was something in me that was preventing me from recording while he was here. And to give you context, um, and I used to live with my sister too, and I always felt really self-conscious when she was home too. And it's like hard when someone else is in their space, in their house, and it's not like I'm entitled to my peace and my solitude because, you know, someone else lives here. And I have to respect that. But I was also realizing that I had this fear 
of somebody hearing me and maybe making fun of me. And I mean, excuses or no excuses, like, I think that's just the reality of the situation. But oh, yeah, going back to the context. So when we moved in together, we were both unemployed. I think we moved in November. I'm like, was it 2020? I guess it I guess it was 2020. Um, Yeah, dang, that's wild. Okay. So yeah, we moved in together, but we both were unemployed because I wasn't going back to work after COVID. I just, being in service industry, again, just seemed really weird and really uncomfortable. And so I was at home all the time. Davis was at home. We kind of needed a break from working too, because I think he had been at his job for several years. So I think we were both just kind of like, let's take a break. We have, we have at least a little bit of, um, money to, to tide us over to just let ourselves relax. Well, I was also in a weird mental state. So like that plus being at home and I really didn't ever create, like I had, I had my own office But yeah, our rooms were like right next to each other. You could hear. I just, I just kept making excuses for myself. Well, I mean, that had gone on for, I mean, at least a year. It's at least been a year since we moved in. And I, I had recorded some episodes last year, but not near as many as I had before that. And granted, there's so many factors and like I said, I'm still trying to give myself the grace and the compassion to know that I was going through it. And, you know, I believe that there is perfect timing for everything. And like, if I wasn't meant to be doing a podcast and I wasn't meant to be doing a podcast in that moment, I think that podcasts are on the internet forever. So I was still able to help others And I also had that Patreon and I started that as a way to give me some income, which really kind of opened my eyes to, holy shit, I can get paid to do what I love and share my gifts. And so I was creating podcasts and stuff for that. And it just started to feel like it was out of obligation because I just, I always waited until you know, Davis was somewhere else or I had the house to myself and I could just record in peace. But, you know, so then let's see, let's see. We both got jobs, I think last spring, it was probably around like March or April, I think. And so he started going to work again. And I think I finally had my, my freedom and my space again. Which, like I said, like, it isn't his fault or problem or anyone's. Like, it's definitely my own shit that I have to work through. But, yeah, I just have really been paying attention to this idea of, like, why do I feel so afraid to be vulnerable to record when Davis is home? Like, this is the person that loves me the most and that cares about me and supports me following my dreams like why am I so afraid of him hearing me and so 
I was remembering like a lot, a lot from my childhood. And I remember this thing, which mom and dad, if you're listening, like I'm sure you remember this too. And I'm sure you had no intention of harming me. But we, there was this thing called manners and feelings. And I really don't remember if it was like a class or something, but like me being the Pisces that I am and have always been like super sensitive would share with them, I guess, what I did in class that day or something. And I remember they would always be like, manners and feelings. And so I think that I had created this idea that people are going to make fun of you for sharing your feelings. And I think that it was so unconscious because I don't even freaking remember that. And when I was thinking about it, I was like, holy shit. Like, I wonder if this is a big part of it. And it would make sense, you know, if like I was afraid of my sister too. I'm afraid of anyone listening to me. I mean, I guess an interview is different because you're like having a one-on-one with that person and they're like completely on board. And this is totally irrational. And I, like I said, like completely unconscious, this feeling, this, this belief that I, that I had created. But I think that that kind of put a thing in my head, like, okay, well don't share your feelings. Your parents are going to make fun of you. They're going to laugh. And that's just going to make you feel bad. I think, I mean, I don't remember all of my childhood, but I, I'm sure we all experience this too. Like quit crying, like don't make a big deal about it. Don't be dramatic, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you've met me and like the more I get to know myself, like I am a sensitive ass person. I feel so much. And whether or not that's a trauma response is whatever. I've just learned to love and embrace this part of me because I literally like feel everything. And so I think like we create this idea of like, well, if I am vulnerable and if I share my feelings, then people are going to make fun of me. People are going to think I'm being a drama queen. Unfortunately, it's been uh, what's the word? People call you like being a pussy or being a sissy. It's turned into this whole thing. Like, well, don't be like a woman. Don't be like a female. You're so sensitive. But like, I don't think we need to be making fun of that. I don't think, I think we all have feelings. We all experience our emotions on different parts of the spectrum. But yeah, we just, I mean, and this is probably the probably a whole ass other episode but like dealing with our feelings is something that we aren't taught and we aren't really supported in and I think we're definitely moving out of that that era I definitely feel like being authentic and being vulnerable is good well there's no judgment but I don't know I believe And it could be because I'm being my authentic self, but 
for me and my experience, like the more vulnerable and authentic I am in my day-to-day life and my experience, I get rewarded. And so I'm having to kind of work through this, this fear of rejection and humiliation and fear of being vulnerable now. And so I wanted to talk about it in a podcast. But yeah, that's kind of the context of where I'm coming from with this episode. And I know like there's there's a fear of being seen and that's definitely related to you know being a a female and you know what we've experienced collectively over the last several hundred years and really just like if I'm seen, then I could be in danger or I could be humiliated or made fun of. So getting into, you know, this this fear and and really, you know, what the episode's about, I wanted to talk about what is fear of rejection? What is this fear of humiliation? So I believe that this idea of being rejected means, you know, being cut off from the group, being cut off from the friend group, cut out, cut out from the family. And, and essentially the fear of humiliation really just is the fear of being rejected. Because if you are humiliated, what does that mean? Then people are making fun of you, you're weak, you're, you know, all those things. And I think that it's, to me, it's the same thing. It's, it's very, maybe not the same, but just a very similar vein. And so with my, I love to look at things from a context of evolutionary biology, because if you have been keeping up with the podcast or if you haven't, a lot of the beginning episodes are about me kind of setting the scene for, well, what is an ego? Why do we have an ego? What why are we operating from these irrational beliefs or mindsets or anything like that, you know? And so I always come back to the evolutionary biology of it and thinking about, because if you study psychology and if you study biology, then you learn that we have these big, awesome brain structures that are so powerful, so machine and computer like but deep underneath that we have similar brain structures as animals and we we have these things like the amygdala which is kind of the fear center and these primitive structures that are purely to to ensure our survival they are they are designed to seek out predators think about things like from an animal perspective like being in the jungle or being in the forest well being in a group means safety it means you have other people to watch your back it means you're not alone it really being a part of a group maximizes your safety maximizes your access to resources, protection, things like that. 
And so imagine what it would feel like if you got kicked out of the group. You'd be on your own. You wouldn't have access to, you know, the big pile of food. You wouldn't have other other animals watching your back. And so I believe that even though we have these evolved brain structures, we've got a prefrontal cortex that helps us kind of assess the situation from a logical standpoint. These primitive brain structures are so like innate to our experience and our processing that sometimes we're not even aware of it. That's why they call it kind of your subconscious. All these things are happening in a level that we're not really aware of. And so what happens when we get cut from a group is like our brain is like, oh, fuck. How am I going to get food? How am I going to be protected? We immediately start thinking about all these things like our survival is going to be threatened. Our our brain is like, okay, well, I need safety and that's not safety. So how do we get safety? And so we're literally like creating these situations. And I've talked a little bit about it, but our fight or flight response, that gets triggered when we, when our body detects danger. And so even though now in 2022, we know that we're not dying, our brain doesn't realize the difference. And so being aware of this is so important in how we work through it and how we move through it and all of these things. So to set that scene, that's what's happening on that level. Well, now, you know, kind of zoom into your your experience, our up-to-date 2022 situation, because we still have these, these brain structures working. Like, we still have an amygdala. It still helps us, you know, scan our environment, scan for threats. It still does. But now that we are part of, like, an evolved situation... We're not running around in the forest anymore. We are going to work, operating in capitalism. You know, like we just have so many different levels now that we didn't hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So where where did this fear of rejection come from in our individual lives? Well, a lot of what we create our belief system on as children is based on our interactions with our caregivers, with our parents. If you weren't privileged to have parents in your life, whoever took care of you, um, society, friends, members of the community, neighbors, all of these, all of these people's opinions really mean a lot, especially when you're young and forming your belief systems, forming your identity, you thinking back to this group idea. If I do things that my community likes, I will be safe. I will 
not lose access to the group and I can ensure my safety. Well, (laughs) that sounds like people pleasing, (laughs) but unfortunately, like that's how we are taught. If we have parents who either were inconsistent or not present, we're going to kind of have this weird, weird relationship with, with getting validation and, you know, staying safe because our parents are literally the source to our life, especially our our mother. These people created us and these people are the ones who are taking care of us when we, you know, are still learning how to take care of ourselves. So, and this is what just fascinates me about psychology is like, if we fuck that up, we could die. If my parents are mad at me, what if they don't feed me? What if they kick me out of the house? Like, that's scary as shit, especially as a kid when we haven't developed our prefrontal cortex fully. So we don't really know how to say, oh, well, they they still love me. They're just upset right now. Like, when we're little, we don't we don't really know how to tell the difference. So thinking back to the fear of rejection, where did it come from? So or humiliation. And I think that it would definitely be, you know, related to times that we were laughed at or made fun of or times that we were being vulnerable and someone made fun of us or laughed at us. Uh all the times that we would have gotten bullied or made fun of at school. All the times our teachers, you know, made a smart remark. Like, there were probably an infinite amount of ways that we could have experienced rejection or humiliation. And when when we, as a child who doesn't really know how to process things rationally or logically, get shut down or rejected by important role models like parents or teachers or who who babysitter you know these these important people who are literally guaranteeing our survival when we get shut down and rejected like that hurts us to a core and so in our little kid rationality we say oh so this behavior is going to get me rejected. Maybe if I don't behave this way, I won't get rejected. And and we're doing this because that's whatever makes sense to us in our little selves. And we're trying to create safety and control. We're trying to create stability. We're trying to ensure that we are safe, that we survive. And again, that is our our primitive brain trying to guide us to safety and and if we say oh well I'll just stop behaving this way I won't get humiliated I won't get made fun of I won't get rejected so I'm safe for now (laughs) and and you as a grown-up might be like 
well, damn, like, why is this literally running my life? I, I, I have to not make fun of myself for being afraid to be vulnerable or like afraid to, you know, podcast and someone might hear me. <laughs> like, what are they going to do? And it's so important to us because we're literally wired for safety. This all goes back to, you know, being cut off from the group, being cut off from our survival. We are wired neurobiologically to avoid danger, period. And so it's it's doing this in so many ways like that we're not even conscious of because this is always running. It's like our it's like our software. Like our hardware really like this is how we were born and like what I learned that I will never forget from biology is like biology is a study of life and we as animals any animal is trying to the goals of existence is to survive and procreate to ensure the continuation of the species. More life, you know, just keep, just keep on living. So it makes sense that our brains are literally always trying to keep us safe. But that mixed in with, you know, our society evolves hundreds of years later our brain thinks that things mean danger when they don't actually mean danger. This is a great example. Because, like, just because a kid at school makes fun of you doesn't mean the end of the world. It feels like the end of the world. But realistically speaking... If a kid makes fun of you, your ego's just a little bruised, you know? I mean, depending on the extent of how much they're making fun of you. But we think that a lot of things mean danger and they don't. And so we have to really just create this awareness that that's what's going on, that we don't need to shame ourselves. We don't need to make it worse by, you know, ruminating or thinking about how this is all our fault, we have to be patient and we have to keep continue practicing this self-awareness. And we have to remind ourselves that we are safe. Because that will literally help us get through anything. So how do we work through this? And like I just said, like this takes a lot of patience and a lot of self-awareness, but I think we can totally work through it. I think that, yes, I'm starting now by recording a podcast when I'm home alone because <laughs> that is safe to me, but I think, I think I just have to continue working through it and continue self-soothing and continue reminding myself that I'm safe because all of these beliefs that I created when I was younger, they helped me stay safe then. <laughs> and now it's just getting in the way. And okay, so 
I believe that first we need to acknowledge what's happening. And that's what I've been talking about. Kind of this this underlying physiological reason why we are getting triggered. And remember, it's because our brain, our brain thinks that we're in danger. Our brain believes that because, you know, my ancestors, when that happened, when they when they did things that got rejected from the group, they they created a situation of danger. They were all alone. They were by themselves. They were more likely to get attacked or get get preyed on. And so acknowledging that this is just our natural biology at work is a big step in kind of, you know, getting really meta about it because then then it's not we're not identifying with this this fear. We are we are kind of like stepping out of our body and looking, oh, well look, this is what the brain's doing. Remembering that we're safe after we acknowledge and and are aware of this, we have the capacity. We are so fucking strong. Like we we literally have so much power and control over our experience. It's not even funny. Within reason. <laughs> Remembering that we are safe despite what other people think. And this is not, you know, flip a light switch, everything's solved. This may take time. This may take repetition. We must remember that this fear is so deep. This fear is so deep. If you are into neuroscience, biology, anything like that, what's happening is when we create these beliefs, these pathways that the neurons fire on, the more the more it fires, the the stronger that connection is. And so because this belief is so primitive, it's just been it's been strengthening itself our entire lives. So like for me, that's almost 30 years of undoing. <laughs> if you've been going on a path for 30 years, it's pretty established. And like, I guess another way to look at it is like a literal highway. Like imagine if there's like this big expressway and then all of a sudden like cars just stop driving on it. It's going to take a while before, you know, the grass grows over and it becomes completely abandoned. I think that's a helpful way to think about these pathways too is like, we have to remember that undoing 30 years of belief and establishing belief is going to take some time and awareness and repetition because building these new pathways, imagine you are in the forest and you're like, okay, I'm going to be a trailblazer. I'm building a new path. It's going to take a lot of walking on that path to make it an actual path. So where was I going with that? <laughs> yes, reminding ourselves that we're safe. Rewriting that belief. 
recreating what what we think, which in in a way is self-soothing. And I think it it's a little bit more challenging when you are dependent on others and your rejection literally depends on your survival. But I still believe you can still close your eyes and all you have to do is say, I am safe. I am safe in this moment and breathe. We have so much power in our breath. And I've shared a little bit about this on one of the episodes about kind of regulating your nervous system. And I think that's just a huge theme in my life. So I'm excited to continue talking about it and continue sharing ways that we can regulate our nervous system. Because the truth is like in that moment when you are having thoughts, unless you are literally in danger, like in that moment, in a fire or, you know, a gun to your head or any, any other weapon right in front of you, like we are safe in that moment. Sometimes things don't really feel safe. Like if I'm at home worried about, you know, if I get fired from my job, in that moment, even though it seems like everything's crashing and falling, I am safe. And I, I have to remind myself that because no one else will. Like, it just it just hits different when we are the one who is reminding ourselves. And so when we are getting triggered like that, we do, we have to, I am safe. I am safe. I am safe in this moment. Take a couple deep breaths. We have the power to take take the take the trigger down a notch. We have the power to reactivate our parasympathetic, which is the opposite of fight or flight, or kind of the the yin to the yang. Um, we have the power of reactivating our calm, our safe part of our body, and so these deep breaths will definitely help when you're getting triggered. So now that we've acknowledged what's happening with our physiology and that we are self-soothing and reminding us that are, we're safe. And another thing too that we have to be mindful of is like processing logical information when we are triggered is very hard because all of our resources are allocated to our survival. So that means like instead of like, thinking about the meaning or, you know, pondering life, we're actually literally focusing all of our blood and all of our oxygen to breathing, to running away as fast as we can, to fighting, all of these things. So when we can get ourselves back to this regulated place, we can start thinking about higher, higher, higher order thinking, thoughts, concepts. And what I mean is just thinking that when people are making fun of you, humiliating you, that is a display of their insecurity. And we have to remember that when someone is being mean to us or making fun of us, like that's a them problem. That is not a me problem. A healed person is not going to hurt others or put others down for their benefit. Someone operating from unconditional love is not going to hurt someone like that. And so I think it kind of helps us give it context. Like, why am I going to believe what you say 
and let you say these hurtful things when you're also hurting, you know? And like, I think that's a big, a big thing that I have to remind myself, like, why do I care what these people think? These people don't even understand me. Why am I giving them any, any credit, any, any attention, you know? So that's just mega, mega important to remember once we kind of get to that stage. And then when you, when you have, have this, this understanding that, you know, people might just not understand you. And that's, like I said, that's a them problem. That's not a you problem. Feel the fear and do it anyway. And that is something that I have to remind myself. I'm going to have to do it, you know, like it's not like I'm always going to be home alone. I'm going to have to talk on a podcast when someone can hear me. I'm just going to have to do that. And I'm going to do it by reminding myself that I'm safe and reminding myself that if someone wants to laugh at me because I'm sharing my heart, that's a them problem. (laughs) Like so many people need my help and need my my truth so that they can begin to own theirs and live theirs. And another way that I kind of, I guess it was like, I don't know. I'm trying to think about my relationship between this fear of rejection and humiliation with DJing because, dang, my tummy's rumbling. I started, when I started my podcast, I was just starting to DJ. And so I've really, really come a long way since then. But I mean, when you DJ, you go and get in front of people. Like, that's scary as shit. Like, you have infinite opportunities to be made fun of. I mean, I still get triggered sometimes. Like, if someone just, like, leaves my set. Like, my brain's like, oh, they didn't like you. Rejected. So our brains are always just being really sneaky they're always always like it's trying to keep us safe which sometimes I'm like okay this is not even safety but like I was talking about earlier we just have to be patient with ourselves and really understand that my body's just trying to keep me safe my brain's just trying to keep me safe I just have to let it know that I am safe and everything's okay and just forever remembering that you're a badass and what others think of us isn't a measure of safety anymore. We're not, I mean, yes, it's important, you know, that I am validated by my community. Yes. But it's, I mean, in this, I'm really learning too with my journey as an artist. It doesn't matter what other people think. Like it does, but It doesn't matter what people think in terms of me being my authentic self because my people, yes, they will love me and they will love me for everything that I do. But there's other people who don't understand it. And like, I don't want to hold it against them, but I also don't want to let them rule my life. I don't want to give them that piece of control, you know? So... I always encourage you to be your authentic self. I think that learning to be my authentic self has literally freed me from so much. I'm literally living the most incredible life and 
I owe it to myself for being authentic. And it's why I'm here talking on the podcast. But I think that's all I wanted to share today. I am excited. I'm glad that I finally recorded a podcast and I'm excited that, you know, I'm going to get back into it. And I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful to have people to support me on my journey who remind me that what I'm doing is important and worthwhile and all of these sweet, sweet things. But other than that, I think I'm I think I'm all done. Let's see. Yeah, I need to go uh, get some food so my tummy stop rumbling. And yeah, if you didn't already know, I've got a Patreon and you can access all of my um, bonus episodes. I'm trying to figure out, I think I'm going to revamp it with new categories because um, I'm just trying to figure out what I can give and also what people want, um, but whatever. So yes, you can get on my Patreon if you go to www.pat reon.com slash embrace the madness. It's the same spelling as the title of the podcast. And yeah, you can subscribe. I've been doing postcards every month, handwritten. So you can do that. I've got meditations and affirmations and other monthly stuff. I think I'm going to start incorporating some tarot, some astrology, figuring out how to incorporate that in a way that is meaningful for the community and meaningful for me. And if you aren't already following me on Instagram, you can do so at embrace the madness podcast. It's all kind of one long ass thing, but you can check it out in the show notes if you need reminding. I think you can probably just link straight to Instagram from there, but thank you so much again. My name's Madeline. You're awesome. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. If you'd like access to more podcasts and a postcard each month, check us out on patreon.com slash embrace madness.